The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the U.S. Capitol Building. If you've joined us today for the insurrection, please make sure you pick up a promotional leaflet on the way in, stay inside the safety cordons at all times, and if you get lost, speak to one of our Capitol Police officers. They'll be sure to point you in the right direction. And be sure to set aside a little time today to join us for some insurrection activities, including our photography tour, our fancy dress competition, and have a go on our climbing wall. But don't forget those safety ropes. And I've now received the results of our fancy dress competition. The winner today is Jacob Chansley. That's Mr. Jacob Chansley. If you could report to your nearest Capitol Police officer, they'll be sure to give you your prize, a guided tour of the building. A couple years ago, that uh, little parody would have been uh, no doubt banned from Twitter. As it is, uh, Sam tells me Elon Musk retweeted it yesterday. All of this, this, you didn't even need Tucker's footage from Monday night to put together something such as this, where you see most people, just like Tucker noted, most of them were peaceful. Most of them were just walking around, and that's it. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the, the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining our growing audience, you can get to the live stream of this show at trumpetdaily.com. You can get to, sounds like I'm getting a little feedback, fellas. Oh, I can turn my earphones down in, in, in any event. Uh, you can also listen to all of the, oh, it's my computer. My bad. So, so sorry. There we go. I wanted to blame it on the guys. It's so easy to do. I had my volume up on the computer, and I was like, where's that uh, sound coming from? In any event, the website, you've got TrumpetDaily.com. You've got TheTrumpet.com uh, as well to get to all of our literature. All that, all that we offer on this program is offered without cost or obligation. The 800 number, if you'd like to call one of our operators, that's one 930 3024 And so the, the war, the war over the truth, it continues. Listen to what you're about to hear is coming from the, the chief law enforcement official in the United States of America. It's a man named Merrick Garland. Listen to what he had to say yesterday. He's responding to a reporter's softball question asking about the Tucker footage. And this is Garland's take on January 6th, clip 11. It was a violent attack on a fundamental tenet of American democracy. Over 100 officers were assaulted on that day. Five officers died. Five officers died on that day, presumably. That's what he's saying. So you've got, you've got Sicknick, who died the day after. And then you've got, what, four others who committed suicide? In some cases, 
weeks and weeks later. And those are January 6th deaths. That was the deadly insurrection. This is the attorney general. This is the attorney general continuing with the big lie. Just continuing push and push and push the narrative. Never mind what the footage shows. Never mind what the facts say. Just push. Push. The, as far as he's concerned, Sicknick still got beaten to death with a fire extinguisher, I suppose. How do you, how do you explain this? This level of deception and deceit. They lie to your face, even when all the evidence doesn't even support their argument. Even when there's video evidence. It's like Tucker has said this week. I mean, it's self-explanatory. What kind of an insurrection happens where people stay within the, the safety cordons, for crying out loud? Staying between the velvet ropes? Seriously? Of course, there were some that committed acts of vandalism. Of course. There's always a few in a crowd such as that that are there to stir up trouble. And of course, we've gone over that before too with respect to Antifa elements, the FBI informants, and so on. But the vast majority, we're going to play, as I say, you don't even need Tucker's footage. We put together a mini documentary uh, several months ago, eight, nine months ago, just contrasting the reason I bring this up is because Tucker made this point last night. He compared the attack on the White House in the summer of 2020 with January 6th. Because, you know, it's the worst. They tell us it's the worst since the Civil War. And you'll see in a, a tweet occasionally. 620,000 slaughtered in the Civil War. 2,400 Pearl Harbor. 2,900 9-11. And yet, there they are. They just put it right up there, uh, ahead of those other terrorist attacks, even. Worse than, the, than anything this country has seen since the Civil War? As, as Tucker pointed out last night, it wasn't even worse than the, the attack on the White House three years ago. I mean, if you're just looking at injuries, police officers injured, l let's just go with 100. The, they say five died. Okay, so that's a lie. They're probably lying about the hundred, but we'll, we'll just play along. A hundred, and yet what did we learn following the attack on the White House in 2020? There were something like 180 law enforcement officials injured. The president had to be <laughs> taken to the bunker. I mean, it was an attack on our democracy. How do you, how do you explain or even confront as I say, this level of deceit, these kinds of blatant lies, brazen lies. I mean, when they're coming from the chief law enforcement official of the land, you know there's some kind of demonic spirit. Satan is confined to this earth, and he's just bombarding us with all these false narratives. Look at the cover-up that's being exposed in these House hearings with uh, Dr. Robert Redfield. We played one of his clips yesterday on the show. Look at what he's exposing about Fauci and how Fauci covered up the fact that it came from the lab. Early on, you can now piece it all together, as Jim Jordan and others are doing. How is Fauci, Sam was joking, there's no, how can you even answer this if you're Fauci and yet 
somehow, some way, he'll come up with a response that sounds plausible. No, 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 I, I never lied. I never covered anything up. It was never about the money. We never, we never actually, we, we actually did consider the Wuhan lab theory to some degree. He'll, he'll think of something, you can be sure. Listen to Jim Jordan from the, uh, the House hearing uh, on the origins of COVID. This is from yesterday, clip five. But here's the question I keep coming up with. If, if it may have been a lab, may have been nature, we're supposed to look forward, then why did Dr. Fauci work so hard for just one of those theories? Three years ago, if you thought it came from a lab, if you raised that, you were called a nut job, you got censored on Twitter, you were blacklisted on Twitter, you were even called a crackpot by the very scientist who in late January sent emails to Dr. Fauci and said it came from a lab. They called you crackpot. Is that right, Dr. Redfield? I think the most upsetting thing to me was the uh, Baltimore Sun calling me a racist because I said this came from a Wuhan lab. Dr. Reptil, you, were, you're, uh, you, you ran the CDC and you were on the Coronavirus Task Force, is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020, is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. From Next day, I know. He, did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did he share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? No. You no. didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see, three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. The question is why? And the answer is there was a lot of money at stake, and Fauci pressured them to change their view, to change their opinion. That's right. The, the leading COVID expert of the United States. I talked to you about the, the chief law enforcement official in the land, just perpetuating a blatant lie. And here's Fauci. He gets the email from Christian Anderson, January 31st, 2020. Anderson says, yeah, this came from a lab. And then another expert the day after. Yeah, I can't say how this would happen in nature, but it sure could be done in a lab. And just a couple days later, after talking to Fauci, and they were discussions, by the way, that Redfield, as the, the chief of the CDC, he was shut out. He was excluded from the discussions. Fauci, as I covered with you on yesterday's show, he just, he just blotted him out. The head of the CDC, of all things. So this, this Anderson, he's a British scientist, his outfit is getting something like $400,000 per month of grant money from the U.S. government. After he changed 180 degrees, then his outfit's getting double that, grant money. Fauci's just there handing out money, as Jim Jordan goes on to say, there's, there's 9 million reasons why they changed their opinion. And then they covered it up. They've tried to cover their tracks. Good for Redfield in at least exposing the truth and saying, I felt like it was a, a lab leak from the very beginning. But what, what happened if you said it was a lab leak? 
back in 2020, well, you were censored. You were blotted out. You were called a crackpot, a racist. That's unbelievable. Anthony Fauci is the highest paid, or was, the highest paid government employee in the nation. Merrick Garland is the chief law enforcement official in the nation. How could they so easily, how could they so easily spew out lies that are so easily disproven, that are so easily exposed? The emails are now out there. Redfield is now testifying. Listen to him yesterday explaining all that was going on in the Wuhan lab in the lead up to 2020. This takes us back to the fall of of 2019, clip two. With the information we know and the fact that China deleted data and asked NIH to delete data, do you believe that we can have certainty that the virus did not come from the Wuhan lab and that U.S. funding was not used for COVID-19 related research? Yeah, absolutely, we can't do that. I will say, if you go back and look, it's declassified now, and I'm sure you all have your classified briefings, but the declassified information now in September of 2019, three things happened in that lab. One is they deleted the sequences. It was highly irregular. Researchers don't usually like to do that. Second thing they did was they changed the command and control of the lab from the civilian control to the military control. Highly unusual, and I've been involved in dual-use labs when I was in the military. And the third thing they did, which I think is really telling, is they let a contractor redo the ventilation system in that laboratory. So I think clearly there was strong evidence that there was a significant event that happened in that laboratory in September. A significant event in September of 2019. The, the lab leaked the virus, and the communist Chinese had to get in there and clean it up and control the narrative. All of this, this is highly unusual, says Redfield. So you, you can connect the dots. Well, you can do it today, but you can do it in 2020 as well. And honest experts were doing that until they were paid off. I mean, we're talking about millions here. Tens of millions of dollars. Notice what uh, Redfield said with respect to Fauci and Collins, the fact that he's, he's shut out of those, those meetings. This is clip three. You, you have said before that you were locked out of conversations about the lab leak by Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins. Do you think they kept you out of the conversations because you believe COVID-19 may have come from a lab? Yeah, I think I made it very clear in January to all of them why we had to aggressively pursue this. And I let them know as a virologist that I didn't see that this was anything like SARS or MERS because they never learned how to transmit human to human, that I felt this virus was too infectious for humans. There was a lot of evidence that lab actually published in 2014 that they put the H2 receptor into humanized mice so it could infect human tissue. I think, you know, we had to really uh, seriously go after the fact it came from the lab. And they knew that that was how I was thinking, although I thought we had to go after both hypotheses. And I was told later, uh, I didn't know I was excluded. I didn't know there was a February 1st conference call until the Freedom of Information came out with the emails. And I was quite upset as the CDC director that I was excluded from those discussions. Why would they do this? Because I had a different point of view. He had a different point of view than Tony Fauci. 
So they just didn't even include him on the phone conference. He's not even invited to the meeting. The head of the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, he gets shut out because he had a different opinion. Does that sound like honest scholarship or honest honesty coming from experts? Far from it. This is a massive cover-up, what's being exposed here. I mean, we're talking about 7.7 million people who died from this virus worldwide. And it came out of a lab in Wuhan. And our experts, our scientists lied about it. They lied about the origins. How are you going to fight the spread of the disease if you won't even, if you won't even accept how it started in the first place? How will Fauci respond to this? That's a good question. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see. He should be in jail. 7.7 million worldwide. 1.1 million here in the United States. And they were so behind closed doors. They were so happy to be able to fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Of course, Fauci lied about that later as well. We never did that. Oh, yes. Yes, they did. Redfield pointed that out. This is from yesterday as well, clip four. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. NIH and the State Department and the DOD, the government, in other words, the, the United States government funded the creation of this virus, and somehow it came out of that lab, whether it was intentional or an accident, it came out of that lab controlled by the CCP. I mean, you, are, can you make this up? You can't. The United States funded it. It's obvious. We were doing gain of function. Of course, of course, Fauci lied in his testimony, in his exchange with, with Ron Paul or Rand Paul. But who is held to account over these lies? Lies that affected millions, still to this day, affecting tens of millions of people. I mean, this is just mind boggling. You, you listen to this conversation going on and think, how is, how, they're putting the Viking hat in jail for four years? And Fauci's Roman free, I guess. Fauci can go wherever he wants. Back up to clip one from yesterday. Dr. Redfield, has gain-of-function created any life-saving vaccines or therapeutics to your knowledge? Not to my knowledge. Has gain-of-function stopped a pandemic, to, in your opinion? No, on the contrary, I think it probably caused the greatest pandemic our world has seen. U.S.-funded gain-of-function responsible for the greatest pandemic our world has seen. That's from the former CDC director. Now, again, we would we would question just the severity of this pandemic. So much of it was just propped up on misinformation. All the advice they were giving to people for their health, the lies they told on multiple levels, for sure. But, I mean, it was a virus. And it did prey on those, with especially those that had comorbidities. That's why the Western nations were hit so hard. 
gain of function, has it saved lives? It's probably caused, this is his quote, the greatest pandemic our world has seen. Here's Jim Jordan, his concluding remarks from that uh, previous exchange that I played for you, clip six. So when you're spending your time making sure that the country believes only one of these theories, you could have been doing what Dr. Redfield was doing in our government, trying to figure out how we deal with this virus. And what was, what was Dr. Fauci doing? He was trying to cover his backside. And everybody knows it. And that's the part that ticks us off, because this is the highest paid guy in our government getting all kinds of money to tell us things that were not accurate. Because we now know U.S. tax dollars went to a lab in China, a lab that was not up to code, a lab that was doing gain-of-function research, and that's where this thing most definitely came from. And Dr. Fauci had to prove, no, no, he can't have that news getting out. And that's why he did what he did. He covered it up. He lied. He lied. This is from uh, the other day. I didn't get a chance to get to it uh, on yesterday's show. But it's uh, an email, CNN or some news agency reported on this. The email is sent by Peter Daszak. He's kind of in there with Collins and Fauci. It's dated uh, July 11, 2016. It says, Dear Jenny, this is terrific. We're very happy to hear that our gain-of-function research funding pause has been lifted. We're very happy. This is right in the last year of Barack Obama, and we've gone over the timeline before some of the restrictions that Obama was lifting, even as he was leaving office, because they were going to weaponize it. Daszak, he's the head of that Echo Health Alliance group, received millions in NIH funding. And, of course, the money was then funneled on through to the Wuhan lab. This is from Fox News. It says, but in the early months of the pandemic, then-CNN president Jeff Zucker would not allow his network to chase down the lab leak story because he believed it was a Trump talking point, according to a well-placed CNN insider. He thought it was a Trump talking point, so Zucker, who's heading up CNN at that time, he says, uh, no, we're not going to report that then. You see how Donald Trump, one person, just one man, just completely turned their brains into putty. They can't even think or reason. There's no common sense left. None. It's just all about the lies. Just push, push, push. Five, five officers. Five officers died in the deadliest insurrection this nation has ever seen, certainly since 1812 or the Civil War. Just keep pushing. Just keep push and push and push with your false narrative. Everything hinges on it, as I said yesterday. If that narrative breaks down, then we look to November 3rd and the election steal and all the fraud, all the fraud leading up to November 3rd, 2020. And it's all connected to this as well, isn't it? COVID, that's right. And, and working with the communist Chinese. You know, there's more being exposed, by the way, in the communist infiltration of the election system in Canada. And, and Justin Trudeau, he's just lying. He's being exposed. He's being exposed. He knew, he knew a lot of what was going on back in 2019, 2020, and so on. But he's just lied about it today. Why not? 
Nobody's held accountable for lies. I mean, that's just what politicians do. You can be the chief law enforcement official in the United States and talk about five, count them, five police officers killed on January 6th. Who are they? I guess Sicknick is one. Who, who are the other four? Why don't we name them off? Why don't you go through the details? The details don't support their false narrative. So they just throw it out there. Five. At least five. Probably more. I mean, if somebody commits suicide that was even in the general vicinity, if that suicide happens next month, it's going to be six. That's the way they work. That's the way they operate. The New York Post says here, new emails uncovered by House Republicans probing the COVID-19 pandemic reveal the deceptive nature of Tony Fauci. They show he prompted or commissioned and had final approval on a scientific paper written specifically in February 2020. Keep in mind, this is after he's getting all these emails from experts saying, I'm pretty sure it came out of the lab. So he, he commissions this paper to be written in that, in that same time period, February 2020, to disprove the theory that the virus leaked from a lab. So Fauci commissions the paper that needs to be produced to support his position, saying it came from nature. Yeah, the wet markets. That's how it's spread. That's how it started. I mean, you don't want to, you certainly don't want to bring the lab into it because then you start looking at the lab and then the gain of function, then the U.S. funding. Taxpayers in the United States paying for this, paying for the creation of a virus. How could you imagine anything like that ever happening? And yet it did. And they covered it up for three years. Three years. 7.7 million lives later. You want to talk about a death count? You know, and this is, again, we'll go with their own statistics. We used to have the, the daily ticker there on CNN. Millions, millions, millions. And who's responsible? So he commissions this, this paper to be produced. It says, eight weeks later, Fauci stood at a White House press conference alongside President Trump and cited that paper as evidence that the lab leak theory was implausible while pretending it had nothing to do with him and he did not know the authors. He, he acted like, I don't even know these guys, but look, it's peer-reviewed. These are experts. Didn't come from a lab? Of course not. How preposterous. Anybody that would say... Anybody that would say something such as that, they should be blotted out immediately. And he, he's the COVID expert. He's up there lying and he's pretending that he doesn't know the authors when he commissioned it. It says there was a study recently, he told reporters on April 17, 2020, when asked if the virus could have come from a Chinese lab, where a group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences in bats as they evolved and the mutations that it took to get to the point where it was now where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human that's what he said at the press conference donald trump was standing right there next to him and remember what trump said around that same time have you seen proof that it came from the lab and he said yes donald trump if you can believe it he's surrounded i mean redfield's pretty solid we now know but he's surrounded by all these frauds, Fauci and Burks and everyone else. And yet Trump had seen enough to know this came from a lab. 
Trump wasn't out there lying to your face. He wasn't going in front of a microphone and lying and spewing lies. Certainly not like Fauci was. Here we are now three years later. And look at what's happening around this world. The New Zealand Herald. It's referring to uh, Steve Kirsch, I think a Substack uh, piece that says 2022, not 2020, not 2021, but 2022 marks the largest increase in the number of registered deaths since the 1918 influenza pandemic. This is statistics coming out of New Zealand. And it's the same in Australia. And it's the same in the UK. Here we are, and so many of our people have become fully vaccinated now. And you have these excess deaths skyrocketing. Not 2020, you know, peak pandemic. Not 2021 with the first rollout of the vaccine. But 2022, people just dropping dead all over the world. The Western world, at least. Because that's where the vaccines are. And yet that subject, as you know... That's usually blotted out of stories such as this. This is from, uh, I think it's the same article. It says, an expert said this increase would have been higher and sooner in the pandemic had it not been for the New Zealand's initial pandemic response. The, me- the measures were so effective at stopping circulating viruses, we avoided the excess winter deaths from flu and other respiratory infections. They're, they're bragging. Excess deaths are skyrocketing, and they're saying, you know what, could have been a little bit worse. Uh, if, if not for our, the way we approached this, it, it was just perfect. It's kind of like the family member of the guy who died because of uh, COVID and said, well, it could have been so much worse if, if not vaccinated. Worse than death? Someone actually said that. That's a direct quote. People have lost their minds, as I say. They've just turned to putty. They get there, and no matter what the statistics say, just continue to push, 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 push with the same narrative. News.com.au. Report shows Australia's excess mortality rate has risen to levels not seen since World War II. Wow. I mean, that's pretty serious. This one from the New Zealand Herald. Same, I think, study that I just got into. New Zealand records biggest increase in registered deaths in 100 years. 100 years. New Zealand, Australia, the UK, yes, the United States. It's an epidemic, isn't it? These sudden deaths. These deaths that are just happening suddenly. And the lies that continue to cover all the tracks of those responsible. Tucker had a pretty lengthy segment last night on just how pervasive these lies are. I mean, it's embedded right into our culture. We talk about this often on this show. Listen to clip seven. Liars are touchy, sometimes to the point of hysteria. They're hiding something. That's the whole point of lying. And they're worried you're going to find out what it is. Liars are fragile because over time, lying makes you weak and afraid. It has the same effect on countries, by the way. We're living through one of those clarifying moments, which actually we're thankful for, where we're learning exactly who the liars are. We are learning a lot, for sure. So much is being exposed. But those that are out front with the lies, the ones that react 
hysterically or that are so fragile, so easily offended. Listen to Eric Swalwell. He's, he's actually a member of Congress. He's a representative in the House. He's on with Lawrence O'Donnell last night, clip 10. Uh, so, Lawrence, uh, first, I, I think it's important that we keep the focus on Kevin McCarthy here, right? When you go to the zoo and there's a sign that says, you know, don't feed the animals, uh, it's because the animals can't help themselves, right? Tucker Carlson, he can't help himself, uh, but us humans, uh, we can. And so Kevin McCarthy uh, is the one who has, you know, fed the trolls, so to speak. And so the responsibility, you know, should should lie at his feet. And, and I want to make sure we, you know, keep holding him responsible uh, for this and, and the repercussions of this, the distortion of the truth, the disinformation, uh, and, you know, what will likely be more violence uh, because uh, they're glorifying uh, or, or they're repainting what happened on the 6th, but also giving a blueprint to the insurrectionists. But there's one other uh, issue at play here, which is that this Republican Party, the MAGA uh, nation, it's, it's really for mostly entertainment purposes. So sensitive, aren't they? It's very, very sensitive and fragile, just like Tucker said last night. You got you to gotta keep that footage. You got to keep that footage hidden. So McCarthy's to blame. You can't, I mean, you can't blame Tucker. He can't help himself. He's an animal. Okay, Tucker's an animal. And McCarthy should have kept the lid on the footage. The footage, the, the, the self-explanatory footage is going to cause more violence. Where, where was that in 2020, that argument? You know, when cities were burning and we were watching them burn down. And the commentators urging them on, urging them on. This was Tucker again from last night, clip eight. But what was actually surprising, what we can't quite get over even now, is how they responded when they were caught lying. They didn't seem embarrassed. They didn't apologize. They weren't even curious to learn more about what actually happened on January 6th. Let's see the tape. No, they didn't want to see it. They exploded in rage. And then as liars tend to do, they doubled down. They told the same lies they've been caught telling, but with even greater aggression this time. Shut up, it's midnight, they said as the sun rose behind them. Who acts like that? Well, sociopaths do. And in this case, the sociopaths turned out to be both Democrats and Republicans. The commitment to lying in Washington is far deeper and more bipartisan even than we realize when we follow this stuff for a living. Now, you sometimes hear people say that the whole partisan system is an illusion and that underneath the manufactured debates, the leaders on both sides are in fact secretly united in a common love of money and power and the deception required to get them. And honestly, we could never really bring ourselves to believe that. It's just too dark. But now we do believe it because we have seen it. Do you wonder what some of these commentators that actually have a brain, what they're thinking about the the direction of the United States. And, and how does this, I mean, how does this play out? When you've got the chief law enforcement official in the United States out there lying, saying that five police officers were killed on January 6th, I mean, what does that lead to, that level of dishonesty? As Tucker said there, the commitment to lying in Washington, that's the, that's the nation's capital. That's the head. That's where the leadership is. And the commitment to lying there is so far deeper and more bipartisan than even Tucker and his producers realized going in. 
even when they're exposed as lying, they double down or they explode in rage. They've got to go after Tucker. They've got to go after McCarthy. One last clip from, uh, from last night, clip nine. According to a recently released GAO report last month, during those attacks, the 2020 attack on the White House by left-wing mobs, who were quoting, Federal Protective Services, the Secret Service, and the Park Police reported that at least 180 officers were injured during the demonstrations, including concussions, lacerations, exposure to chemical gas, and severe burning. So while stipulating that all riots are bad, because precision matters, facts matter, the truth matters, here's the truth. More cops were injured by Kamala Harris's favorite mob, BLM, at the White House than were injured by Trump voters at the Capitol on January 6th. A lot more. So again, to be clear, both events are bad, but here's the key. We only remember one of them. Why? Because the people in charge of history are liars. Liars. And lying is bad. And on a national scale, it's deadly. It's corrosive of everything that is good in the country including trust and your grasp on reality itself. And that's why they try to make you lie. Men can become women. Climate change is an existential threat or whatever the lie is they're making you tell. They don't believe it. They know you don't believe it. But by forcing you to repeat it, they degrade and control you. They make you less of a person. What he's saying there is that we're committing suicide. Die by suicide, as Lincoln uh, said. It's so corrosive. It's, it's like cancer. And, and they're relentless, these liars. They bounce right back from being exposed. They, they flip out into a fit of rage. They go after the messenger. They go after the man that's courageous enough to just show more footage. And just, just presenting some facts, as he did there last night, he makes a similar comparison to what we did in that mini-documentary we produced eight, nine months ago. As I said, you don't even need the latest footage to expose these liars for who and what they are. We thought it would be fitting to just replay that for you. It's about an eight-minute uh, mini-documentary, as I say. Um, this was something we posted, I think, eight or nine months ago. Go ahead with 14. Since January 6, 2021, the media has been hyperventilating about the rise of so-called Trump-supporting domestic terrorists. We call them terrorists. Terrorists. Domestic terrorists. Domestic terrorists. Domestic terrorists. I'm not against sending these people to Gitmo. By MAGA terrorists. The MAGA terrorist mob. Gone are the days of the mostly peaceful protests. Everyone at the Capitol on January 6th is a terrorist. Suddenly, the media pivoted to supporting police officers. Of course, because those officers were battling Trump supporters. But the media were whistling a different tune throughout the summer of 2020. During that summer, there were hundreds of riots in major cities across the United States. Police officers came under attack. Federal buildings came under siege. Buildings were burned to the ground. Dozens of people died. There was upwards of $2 billion in damage. In this video, let's focus on the rioting that occurred in Washington, D.C. towards the end of May and early June 2020. In D.C., protesters centered in the areas surrounding the White House. 
They scaled surrounding buildings to spray paint graffiti. They bashed in windows. They fought with police. They pulled down police barricades. They lit fires in the streets. They attempted to burn down St. John's Church. They lit buildings on fire in Lafayette Park. They attempted to jump fences surrounding the White House. What we're not seeing at this moment, at least, is any real significant effort by MPD to get control of this situation right now. I mean, it's completely... Get the away! Hey, uh, it's Antifa Street right now. At one point, the violence was so intense that the Secret Service moved President Trump to the White House bunker. He tried to proclaim himself to be a tough guy, uh, ran down into a bunker while protests were raging outside. On June 1st, police were preparing to move protesters so a security fence could be installed in order to extend the security perimeter around the White House. After police warnings to the protesters instructing them to move were unheeded, the police began clearing the street. The media reacted to this incident with hysterics. They said the president was using police to strong-arm peaceful protesters so he could have a photo op in front of St. John's Church. Obviously, the president wanted a photo op. I mean, for a photo op? To make way for a White House photo op. Lafayette Square photo op. Looking at these images, he wanted to show that he could move Americans physically out of the way to do this photo op. There were hearings about crowd control tactics used by police. Ultimately, an inspector general's report debunked the media's anti-Trump narrative. We did not find evidence that a potential presidential visit to the park or the St. John's Church influenced the park police's decision-making or their deployment. Now consider those events in the context of what happened on January 6, 2021. During the 2020 riots, the media disregarded the violence. It was mostly peaceful. By that logic, the so-called insurrection on January 6 was mostly peaceful. There was violence on that day for sure, but the vast majority of people did not break windows or fight police. There were no fires. And where are the media's complaints about police crowd control tactics on January 6? Early on, as protesters gathered on the western side of the Capitol, police began lobbing flashbang grenades into the densely packed crowd. Flashbangs are a highly controversial crowd control tactic known to cause hearing loss, eye damage, and other injuries. Why would police throw these into areas of the crowd that weren't at the front scuffling with police? Police fired what appeared to be pepper balls into a crowd gathering at a stairwell. It looks as though one officer began firing into the crowd indiscriminately before there was any confrontation. In some cases, police are seen brutally beating people on the ground. In the most horrifying scene from that day, an officer shot Ashley Babbitt through her chest at point-blank range as she stepped up to go through a broken window and a door to the speaker's lobby. 
Witnesses at the scene say the officer never uttered a warning to Babbitt, and he was hiding in a doorway when he fired the shot out of her line of sight. The 5'2", 115-pound Babbitt was unarmed. The officer who shot her without warning was later cleared in a whitewashed investigation in which he was never required to be interviewed. And I could not fully see her hands or what was in the backpack or what... And on top of all of this, why were the police so unprepared for these protests when the FBI and other federal agencies were reportedly on high alert at least three days prior to January 6? According to Newsweek, the FBI led a team of secret commandos with shoot-to-kill authority on January 6. They had snipers on rooftops in advance of the protest. What did they see that Capitol Police did not? Then move to the other side of the spectrum. While some police tactics were heavy-handed, other officers are seen opening doors for protesters. One officer chaperoned protesters through the Senate chamber. Hey Glad to see you guys. Another took a selfie with protesters. What was January 6? It was a protest that got out of hand. Were people there to incite the crowd? Of course. And y'all are letting it get destroyed on your watch. The difference, though, is the coverage. When it's a left-wing cause, violence by the minority is overlooked. These people are fighting for their liberty. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. When it's a right-wing cause, violence by the minority is used as a pretext to punish the majority. Done in terms of incitement, right? But Osama bin Laden didn't do. These, I'm not against sending these people to Gitmo. Far right domestic terrorism, a huge problem in this country. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Considering the weeks of coverage and multiple hearings following the 2020 clearing of Lafayette Park, you'd think the January 6th committee would be more interested in investigating what was going on with the Capitol Police on January 6th. Instead, they are silent on this issue. Democrats are using the events of January 6th as a pretext to persecute their political opponents. They benefit from the January 6th narrative more than anyone. Ask yourself, what would Donald Trump have to gain by inciting an insurrection at the Capitol that day? To learn more about this topic, read the Trumpet.com's article, America's Reichstag Fire. Pretty good question there at the end of that, uh, that documentary that Sam and the team put together months ago, almost a year ago. But who, who benefits from this big lie, from this uh, fed-surrection, this hoax of an insurrection? Who benefits the most? And the, Jan the, the sham of a Jan 6 committee, were they really interested in getting to the truth or in just spreading more lies and covering up the truth? covering up the footage. They had all the footage. Here in our documentary, we talked about the shaman guy, the Viking hat guy, es being escorted through the Senate chamber. And now we know he was escorted through the entirety of the Capitol by the police. By the police. 
You don't even need the footage that Tucker revealed on Monday to expose these many lies in America under attack. If you don't have this book, make sure that you call our operators today. The 800 number, one 930 3024 It's a toll-free number if you live here in the United States or in Canada or the Caribbean. My father says Hitler believed he did not need to rely on reason, intelligence, reality, truth, or God. Instead, he worshipped his own human will and believed he could create his own reality. That's what these people believe. It's the same mentality. I mean, uh, some would say that's a harsh comparison, but it's true. They're creating their own reality. They don't need reason. They don't need intelligence. They don't need reality, truth. They certainly don't need God. My father says here, consciously or, or subconsciously, a great many people today believe the same thing. They just lie until they convince not only those around them, but even themselves, that they are right. You hear so many of them saying, I saw it! I was there on January 6th. I know what I experienced. It was the worst attack on democracy since the Civil War. That's all that you need to know. If they really and truly, as I said yesterday, if they really and truly believed that, they'd say, help yourself to more footage. I don't care. The footage exposes their lies, and they double down. They explode in rage, and then double down. We're seeing bold, blatant lies become bigger and bigger, uh, a bigger part of, the, of today's political landscape. This is a quote from America Under Attack. It's, it's explaining everything that you need to know about why the United States is where it is. Of course, Britain, you could put Britain right along into it. You see how the, the COVID lies, how that that's impacting New Zealand, Australia. So many blatant lies. They just get bigger and bigger. My father says it's stunning how utterly unapologetic our leaders have become in saying things that are clearly, provably false. And in the rare cases, in the rare cases when they are caught and called out, they say they never said those things. That, that's probably what we'll expect from Fauci once he's finally brought for the committee before the committee himself. He'll probably just stand up there and say, under oath, no doubt, I didn't say that. Never said that. That's not what I meant. No, you're twisting my words. I didn't cover anything up. I didn't rule out. I didn't rule out the lab leak. I am science. I am science. It says here, they are shameless. In the rare cases when they are caught and called out, they say they never said those things or they insist that, that what is false is actually true. My father says, they're shameless. They're shame they will literally say anything. Like Tucker said last night, I mean, that's the whole point of lies, to cover up the truth. So you need layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. It says here, we're seeing Further on, it says, isn't this exactly what Hitler was describing? These people believe that if they say something, it's true. We'll worship. You see, Colossians 2. If they say it, then it's true. Look, if I'm, if I'm, play that clip from, it's K, KJP. It was the, what she said the other day about 
the, the Biden border security. Clip uh, 12. So cartels kill Americans on this side of the border with drugs, and now they're killing Americans on the other side of the border with guns. Why is President Biden so comfortable with cartels operating so close to the U.S.? Well, let's be very clear. Let me take on the drug part here, because since you brought this up, um, because of the work that this president has done, because of what we've done specifically on fentanyl at the border, it's at historic lows, historic levels, uh, that we have been able to uh, record a number of personnel working to secure the border because of what we've been able to do. Seizing that fentanyl, uh, we've done it in a historic way. We've controlled the border in a historic way. Only these people can look at a dumpster fire inside of a dumpster fire and say, that's a, that's a historic gain for us. What a blessing. It's perfect. Everything's working out the way we want it to. Well, in, in, in a lot of ways it is. They've opened the gates at the southern border because they want, they want tens of millions of illegal immigrants to flood the nation. But there she is saying, listen, We've got the drug problem under control. We've got the border under control. I mean, it's historic. Historic. That's right. It says here, this is a sure sign of Satan's growing power. Again, this is a quote from America Under Attack. My father says, we're seeing the work of this lying murderer at his worst. Speaking of the devil, he is the father of lies. There's no truth in him. But he will look, he'll still look you boldly in the eye and insists that everything he says is the truth. That's just the way our adversary operates. That's who he is. There's no truth in him, but he'll look you direct into the eye and say, you know what? I'm telling you the truth. If you haven't requested America Under Attack yet, as I said, call our operators today. Order it at our website, thetrumpet.com. You can get it there as well, you're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us td at thetrumpet.com. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.